Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I hope you had a good off week. Last week, Atlanta United did not play, but it resumes action on Wednesday when it hosts NYCFC at 7.30 p.m. Wednesday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff will be around 7.39 p.m. I will be there as always. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, or, you know, just call me and I'll dictate what's happening in the game on my cell phone to you. That's how much I care about you, the listeners. My cell phone number, I need to get it from Daniel. I usually just use one of his that he has stolen from Interpol. But anyway, let's talk about the game for a second. NYCFC is not doing well this year. They are 4-4-7. Atlanta United is 7-4-7. NYCFC is winless on the road, 0-5-4. Atlanta United is 6-1-2 at home this year. NYCFC has scored a, this is a sad, sad stat for that franchise. 18 goals. It doesn't have a striker. I could. I still don't understand why they didn't try to trade for Joseph Martinez instead of going to Miami. Uh, and maybe he didn't want to go to NYCFC. You might still end up seeing him there because Inter-Miami is signing 3,000 players, all former Barcelona players. So they got to get rid of the DPs they have. In the past five matches, NYCFC is loss, 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 draw, draw. Atlanta United has 35 goals for, 29 against. It's past five matches. It is draw, 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 win. So this should be, on paper, an easy win for Atlanta United. Except the game's not played on paper. And Atlanta United is going to be missing many, many, many players. And we're going to get into that when we hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Ozzy Alonso, who made his first return back to first-team action a week and a half ago against D.C. United after being 14 months out with a torn ACL. Our talented intern, Colin, is writing about Ozzy Alonso for tomorrow. I hope you'll find that story on AJC.com. I'll make sure I retweet it. I've also put out a story about the players missing for Atlanta United, as well as a couple of other news items that broke this morning involving the sale of Marcelino Moreno to Coritiba in Brazil. Edwin Mascara's return to training. I'm going to have some more about that in another story that we'll post soon. So I hope if you're a father or a father figure, you had a good Father's Day on Sunday. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, I mentioned earlier that Atlanta United is going to be without several players. It's a it's a fairly long list. Yorgo Shakamakis is out because of the yellow card suspension. He picked up that yellow card at the end of the DC United game, which gave him five for the season, which resulted in an automatic one-game suspension. 
Derek Etienne is out. He has joined Haiti for the Gold Cup. Miles Robinson is out. He has joined the U.S. for the Gold Cup, although he had a hamstring issue, so he might not have played anyway. Luis Abram, who would have filled in for Miles Robinson, is out because he is on his way back from, I think, Korea, where he was playing with Peru in uh, international friendlies. The Tiago Almada is currently on a plane from Jakarta to Atlanta. He is supposed to be evaluated tomorrow. But here's Pineda talking about the whole kit and caboodle. Well, Derek is out completely. Uh, he's in Gold Cup. Uh, Gigi is unavailable because of the suspension. He will be here for the game, but he's unavailable. Um, then uh, Abraham won't get in time. His flight uh, return is uh, after or at kickoff, so I don't think he can make it. Uh, and then uh, uh, Tiago is the only one that we need to assess. He arrives in the morning, so we have to assess how he's coming, flight and all that. And if we see, you know, it common sense, he's on the bench, he will be on the bench. If not, he's not. So uh, I think those are the ones coming to my head. So it's important if you heard Pineda throw in that Yakamakis will be here but will not be available because of the suspension. I think the rule is if he was not here, the suspension would carry over until the next game, whenever he was here next. So that would be at Red Bulls on Saturday. So that's the the key little phrasing in all of that. So a good friend, Sam Jones, posted two days ago, I think it was, that Luis Arujo had played his final game for Atlanta United. Uh, Two games ago, he didn't appear versus D.C. United. Of course, Atlanta United sold him to Brazilian Power Flamengo a few weeks ago for $10 million. Confirmed with Pineda today. Not that Sam's reporting needs confirming, but I just wanted to get Pineda's take on it. On why they allowed Arujo to leave two games before he was expected. Well, we felt that it was it was time for us just also to, to focus on, on the next couple guys and also him. I can I can imagine he's very excited about the, the move, uh, and so I felt that for both parties was the best uh, thing to just to start that process and accelerate that process. And yeah, Arujo, just a fascinating guy. I still think he has all the skill in the world, all the pace in the world, good work ethic, good in training, but just in that final third, you just didn't get anything from him, uh, or not enough consistently. He had three goals, two assists. This season, I think it was like 14 and 14, something like that, in 59 appearances, I think it was, for Atlanta United, something like that. Usually you want to get like one for every two, see their goal and assist every two games. Some like goal and assist contribution every two games is usually a good return. And he just couldn't do that. You know, part of the time I joked that, somewhat jokingly, said that I wonder if he needs contacts because he just keeps running into people. Like he doesn't have any depth perception. And it was true on shots. It was true on just dribbling into defenders all the time. You know, if he ever comes back to MLS and he's on another team, maybe it'll all come together for him, but it just never did. And it's sad because I still think he's he could be a fantastic player in Major League Soccer. But, you know, while Arahujo is leaving, Ozzy Alonso is back. Uh, mentioned that he played his first game against DC United in 14 months. Uh, we got to talk to him today. Again, Colin is going to have a story posted about him soon. But here's Pineda on having Ozzy back. Uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> great, great to have Ozzy back. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's very emotional every time, you know, Brad, Miles, uh, Ozzy, now Justin Garces with the second mm-hmm. team. He he made an appearance. We're very, very happy about it. And, and 
what I want to say publicly is uh, our medical staff is great and at times it's very easy from the outside we we don't perceive all the effort they put in every day with them but it's been a long process with all of them and it's not easy to have four long-term injuries in one season five with Dylan Castañeda uh, mm-hmm. so um, and they've been doing a great great job at bringing them back healthy available good spirits good level good fitness level so uh, again kudos to my medical and my fitness uh, side because uh, at times from the outside maybe it's not appreciated everything they do here internally we we love them and we know how much they care about the players one of the funnier moments in the today's availability with Pineda was uh, earlier in the day a Brazilian outlet reported that Coritiba had purchased Marcelino Moreno for a reported fee of like one and a half million dollars, which is about five point nine million dollars less than I think it's five point nine if I'm doing the math right. Five point four million dollars less than Atlanta United paid for him. So as part of this long list of players out, followed up with Pineda by asking if he could confirm that, and he had this look on his face like either he didn't know or didn't want to talk about it, but he he sent it on. He deferred it to Carlos Bocanegra. Uh, we're hoping to get to talk to him or Garth Lagerway before the summer window opens here on July 5th, which is in two and a half weeks or so. So the last time that Atlanta United was missing as many players as it's going to be missing on Wednesday against NYCFC was, of course, the Columbus game back in March in which Atlanta United got thumped 6-1, to one, just really played off the pitch, did not play well at all. And later, Pineda said that they, the team lost its momentum that it had developed in its unbeaten four-game start of the season uh, in that match. And it, it really has not, you could argue, started to get it back against D.C. United, but never really got it back like it had before. So I wanted to ask Pineda, what did he learn from that match when they were also shorthanded that he could apply to this Wednesday's match? Because my thinking is you obviously don't want to lose, especially at home, but then have that affect the next part of the season. It's not really about tactics or they, they know what they have to do on the field. It's about we all um, have to be ready to compete. Uh, and compete is, you know, is doing everything, everything possible to win, to succeed in every action. And, and that's, I think, what I've seen this week has been amazing in terms of competition and good level, good training sessions. So I'm very, very excited to see the kids respond tomorrow. And uh, I think uh, we, we took the lesson and I hope we, we apply it better this time. It's always a fun game. We play with Pineda to try to figure out if he'll give us any information about the starting lineup on Wednesday. And he takes it good naturedly. So I asked him, is this a chance to see some of the young guys? Give all the young guys starts. Chop Chol, Tyler Wolf, uh, Ajani Fortune, Noah Cobb, Caleb Wiley. That would be five homegrowns. I know he will not start five homegrowns, but just kind of throwing those out there. Jackson Conway was not brought up, so he won't. He's not a part of that group right now. But the team is going to sign Luke Brennan and Roberto Firmino to, uh, not Roberto Firmino, that would be awesome if they signed him. Nick Firmino to short term agreements. They won't play. If they play, it minimizes the opportunity for them to play again at some point in the season when the team might truly, truly, truly need them. But here's Pineda talking about the potential of playing some of those young guys against NYCFC. Uh, I'm, I'm meditating a couple positions still. 
Uh, but yeah, there might be a couple kids that, that might be playing. And again, it's again, kudos to the academies as well, because I feel very comfortable playing any of the kids we have, any of the homegrowns have a very, very high ceiling. We are very happy with their development. So um, I'm very excited to see some of them playing tomorrow and, and looking forward to it. All right, next we have Ozzy Alonso. So as we said, he came on and played, I think, six minutes or so against D.C. United, something like that. But after the, the match, Atlanta United put out a tweet, and Alonzo responded with, like, one of the best days of his life, something like that, I'm paraphrasing. This is a guy who's won trophies with Seattle, who's immigrated from Cuba, who's made his way into professional soccer through just an unbelievably amazing path. So I was curious, why was coming on for a few minutes against D.C. United the best day of his life? Because this journey... Being now for so long, 14 months, and come back to play again, I think one of the best days in my, in my career because, you know, it was a lot of work to get back, you know, a lot of pain and, you know, finally I did it. I'm so happy to, to go through that process because I learned a lot. So I'm very happy to be back in the field again. So it took Ozzy Alonso about 14 months to recover from his injury, which is a lot longer than the typical ACL recovery and, and time and turns out there's a good reason why i don't know if you know in september 16 i had to get another surgery okay because i got a lot of sky tissue in my knee so i had to get to the doctor and, and get another surgery that's why he sent me back for, for uh, okay. longer so after that i got a lot of, a lot of you know rehab but that's why i okay stayed longer than, than normal now i was at that dc united game back in april of 2022 when Alonzo left with his injury, but I, I could not remember, and I've thought about it a long time, when the play happened. So he helped me out. I think there's a true ball. The guy came like right away. I cleared the ball. So when I land, he hit me right in the outside of my knee. Okay. So it was a twist. And I feel a little something there. Marito came and checked my knee. Said, right. I don't feel anything. So I come back to the field. I start running. I was feeling pain. But after I couldn't couldn't move very well, so that's why Gonzo take me out. We did the test in the locker room, and they say it may be the ACL. And of course, I had to ask Ozzy about coming on for Atlanta United, and then almost immediately knocking down a DC United player, which is kind of why they brought him in to be some muscle in the middle. You know, I get there. You know, get excited. That moment was, like I say, one of the best, if not the best moment in my life. So, but, you know, I got there to everything I could for for the thing, and you know. Like I said before, I'm very happy to be in the field again because it was a long, long journey. But, yeah. you know, I got a lot of support from, from people around me and, you know, happy to be here, play again. Also want to know how many minutes he think he could play on Wednesday because if Atlanta United can get a lead, it will be important to bring him on and help the team see it out. I don't know. I'm ready for whatever <laughs> the coach decides to, to put me on. So I'm training like fully since a while. So I'm, I'm getting my feet back and I'm feeling good. So, you know, I'm ready to, to go. And here's Ozzy on how he's feeling mentally. No, mentally I feel good. You know, I got support from a lot of people. My family was there, you know, a lot of friends, you know, coaching staff, the American staff here. You know, they always support me. And, you know, I was like mentally prepared to, to battle that moment and, you know, be back in the field. And by the way, speaking of Ozzy, if you haven't seen those workplace commercials that talk about you're not truly a rock star and it has uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Billy Idol and, and Kiss, they are hilarious. Love those commercials. This is Southern Fight Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. So I want to remind you all again, the mailbag number is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Daniel ignored his family on Father's Day because he thought someone was going to call in and nobody did. So I'm very, very disappointed in every single person, the tens of you who listen to this podcast. Let's be better and call in 404-526-2527. Andrew says, I would love to hear an interview with Rob Valentino this season. Rob is assistant coach, was an interim coach for a while, and really helped stabilize the franchise during the 2020 season. Andrew continues, he has been with the club longer than Pineda, and I believe he could give some interesting insight. Does Atlanta United ever make him available, or can you interview him? I enjoy all of your work and listening to your podcasts. Colin is now sitting beside me. Fabulous intern Colin, who goes to Villanova in the wonderful city of Philadelphia. No, Rob Valentino is not available for interviews. Uh, He is a great interview. I love talking to him during the 2020 season when he took over as an interim coach. Great guy, great soccer mind. He's going to be a fabulous head coach at some point. But uh, other than saying howdy to him as he walks by us on the training pitch, we don't get to talk to him very much. All right, now, Colin and I are both going to give our opinions on this next question. From Nick, friend of the podcast, who says, Hey, Doug, with half the season over, would you predict the nine Eastern Conference playoff teams in order? Thanks for all you do and enjoy your coffee. Okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Colin go first just so I can mock him until my throat is bloody and raw. Uh, I'd expect, first of all, hello, all the all you beautiful listeners. Good to finally get to talk to you. I've been a longtime listener of this show myself, so good to make an appearance as for the Eastern Conference playoff teams, I'd expect it to remain relatively similar to what it is now. I think that Cincinnati will likely continue its role atop the Eastern Conference. And then in the top four in no real order, I think Nashville, New England, Philadelphia, and Atlanta United can be in there. I'd expect Columbus to fall off a little bit more. But Orlando, D.C., United, United I can expect to stay around the bottom half of the playoff picture as well. The only thing that makes it interesting is seeing Inter-Miami with Messi signing relatively soon. Will they be able to emerge from the basement of the Eastern Conference that is to be seen? Is Messi enough to save that franchise? Doug, what do you think? Hmm. I think the question was in order. So Colin already flunked because he didn't put them in order. He just lumped some of them together. He needs to get learned 
very quickly. So, yeah, Cincinnati is an easy pick to finish first. Nashville will finish second. Its defense is too good. I think Philadelphia passes New England uh, for third. I think Columbus passes New England for fourth. New England drops to fifth. Atlanta is going to end up staying in sixth, unless it makes an impactful couple of signings this summer. Pineda hinted at a couple of signings coming, wouldn't give an exact number, and Henry Higuita tried to get it to pin him down, but Pineda is too smart for that. Orlando. Orlando and D.C. are the ones of interest. D.C. is starting to slip. Orlando still can't score goals. So I think I think Orlando stays. I think D.C. No, I'm sorry. I think D.C. stays. I think Orlando drops. I think Charlotte passes Montreal because Lasada has done a good job. They are 6-1-0 at home. That's a fantastic record at home. Now, Miami is seven points back because Colin mentioned Miami. Seven points behind. Is Messi going to be enough? Because they've got too many DPs. So they've either got to buy down Gregor, they've got to trade Joseph Martinez. Campagna is a young DP, so he doesn't count. It's it's going to be an issue uh, because they may have to get rid of their goal scorers to add in all these other guys. Now, is Messi can Messi score two to three goals a game? He could. Can he do it for? 17 matches, or how many will he have? Like 14 matches by the time he gets here? No, he cannot. I don't think Miami's going to make the playoffs. So I am going to go D.C. Charlotte in the final two slots. I think I got all those numbers right. That's a great question, Nick. Anytime we can debate, life is a, is a parade. All right. Daniel says he has a question for the podcast. I'm going to let Colin jump in on this one, too. He was curious, who do you think will be representing Atlanta in the MLS All-Star team? Well, I won't be there. So, Well, I don't think I'll be there. Oh, you meant All-Star team, not game. If, it was, if it's the MLS All-Star game, I might be there. Sam might be there. The MLS All-Star team. Colin, who do you got? How many would you expect to be? How many Atlanta United guys? Just two? I'd expect it to probably be Thiago Almada and Miles Robinson. Those would be the two I'd expect. I think Yakamaki's maybe should get a little bit more respect than he gets, but I don't necessarily see him beating out some of the well-known MLS strikers for a spot on that team. Now, what's interesting about the All-Star game, in my not-at-all-humble opinion, it's July 19th. I think it's in D.C., right? Well, the summer transfer window opens July 5th. So let's say Almada gets voted in to the All-Star team. He could be gone already. Miles Robinson, I don't think will be gone. His contract, we've gone over this ad nauseum. His contract is over at the end of the season. I don't think a team is going to come in the summer window and try to go ahead and get him from Atlanta United, but they may think we need a lockdown cornerback for basically a six-month loan. We'll give up this, and Atlanta United may say, okay, he can be on a different team by the start of the All-Star game. It's going to be interesting. We should find out soon. The voting has closed. Atlanta United is going to play Arsenal. I'm sure Arsenal is dying to know who the opponent is going to be so they can start game planning uh, because it's a very, very serious affair, the MLS All-Star game. Tony says, this is kind of, uh, this is going to be a little uh, inside baseball question here. When I see the Braves' Daily Farm Team report, it makes me wonder why the AJC doesn't do a similar feature for Atlanta United's feeder system as well. Obviously, soccer teams don't play competitive games as frequently as baseball teams do, but it seems like there would be enough substantive content about the development of individual players in addition to game commentary 
to provide a weekly or even semi-weekly column. Yeah, it's uh, we've talked about it before and just decided at the time, this was a couple of years ago, not to do it. I don't really know what we would do. Um, I've tried to write stories about some of the guys who have come up and played for the first team who are likely going to be first team players, the guys who've signed homegrown contracts and played for the twos or played in the U.S. Open Cup. All right, now I think that's probably the best that we're going to do. I mean, 2% of academy players end up becoming professionals. So a lot of the guys that I might end up writing about may not end up doing anything. You never know. I want to apologize to Captain Redbeard, friend of the podcast. I kind of uh, got a little pissy with his question last week, and he didn't deserve that. Uh, we talked about it on DMs on Twitter. My Twitter, of course, is Doug Robertson, AJC. And he said, I didn't need to apologize, but I'm going to apologize anyway. Rob says, and I'd love to hear Colin's opinion on this too, likelihood aside, because it's a big fat no, would signing Eunice Musa as our next DP solve Atlanta United's midfield woes? He seems to do well a lot of the things that Nagby did. First off, man, that would be fun seeing Eunice Musa <laughs> playing for Atlanta United and seeing a player of his caliber really just tear up MLS. I think that he would do some really good things in, in the Almada role and even in, like Doug said, in the Darlington Nagmi role. I think he would be fantastic, but it's not going to happen. He's not going to come to MLS at this stage of career. But it would be fun, and I enjoyed thinking about it. Yeah, it would be fun. And just, you know, I see things on the Twitters about, you know, Atlanta United should sign Christian Pulisic. Well, yeah, they should sign Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi and Roberto Firmino to bring that back around. But it's just it's never, ever going to happen. Not at this point. Not at this point in MLS. So if you're putting it out there just for fun, that's great. If you're being serious, you might want to think about MLS's place in the world of, of soccer for a little bit longer. Now, the questions of the week from Christopher, and they're fairly long, but they're good. So, thank you. Daniel, always appreciate the law and order. Dunk, dunk. Although we might need to do the chips sound effect just to bring it up because that chips theme music, it's kind of a wow, wow, synthesized kind of thing. It is so bad, but it is so good. All right, on to the Christopher. And if you're a fan of chips and you have a photo of you dressed up like Poncho John from Halloween a long time ago, you can always send it and I'll retweet it. I'm still waiting on somebody to show up with a giant foam orange cowboy hat photo. I haven't got one of those yet, but I'm holding out hope. Anyway, from Christopher. What can you say to fans who have more anxiety about results when Atlanta is ahead than when they're behind to keep from stressing out their wives or spouses? I guess I should say. Asking for a friend. Atlanta this season has struggled in close games. Of the seven wins, four are by multiple goals. And of the three one-goal wins, one was two stoppage time Tiago Tiago. Almada goals against San Jose. One was a last-second accidental goal by Juanjo Parata. It was actually an own goal. And the third was holding on after an eighth-minute goal by Yurgos against a floundering Red Bull squad. The team has dropped points late from a winning position four times and only come from behind twice by my count. Don't get me wrong, my friend, in quotes, loves winning by multiple goals but doesn't believe that's sustainable against some of the other playoff caliber teams. Thanks for all you do, Chris. What can I say to fans who have more anxiety? 
Well, I don't know. I know that it gets um, it's a challenge to keep writing on a deadline when late goals are scored or allowed and changes the results. So that's never fun for me. So if I can figure out what to say, I would say it to myself first. And then to the rest of you, I would say enjoy it. It's sports. That's the fun. You want the action. You want the drama. You want the 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 last second swings. That's what makes the game awesome. It's Kurt Gibson's home run. It's it's Phil Mickelson shot out of the the pine needles at the Masters. It's it's Michael Jordan over uh, Jeff Horn or not Jeff Horn. Who was it for the Utah anyway? Michael Jordan rising over Craig Elo. Uh, it's those things. That's what makes sports fun. It's France. It's Messi scoring in the in the final minutes. It's just enjoy it. Don't stress about it. And you know, buy your spouse a their favorite beer or beverage before the game and say, I apologize for the person I'm going to be for the next 90 minutes, but just bear with me. And Chris's second question, and Colin is also going to participate on this one. What is your post-Atlanta MLS best 11? I'm talking players who played for Atlanta and then had careers outside of Atlanta, but within Major League Soccer. So not Jeff Parkhurst, oh, that would be a funny, not Michael Parkhurst or Jeff Lorenowitz, and not Miggy or Pitty, um, <laughs> he puts who played with Cristiano Ronaldo just in case we need a reminder that that happened over in Saudi Arabia. He has a three-five-two lineup, and they may not win many games, but this is how he gets them all in the field. So let's go through his first, and this is pretty funny to me. Goalkeeper Sean Johnson, who technically was an Atlanta United player for about an hour before he got traded, and if you don't count him, Alec Kim, who's now with Cincinnati who I think, if the team doesn't pick up the option on Braggersan, may end up coming back to Atlanta, but we'll see. His defenders are George Campbell, Franco Escobar, and Anton Walks. Campbell with Montreal, Escobar with Houston, Walks with Charlotte. His midfield is Julian Gressel with Vancouver, who's having a great, great seasons with D.C. and Vancouver. Gallagher is Austin's leading scorer, and a guy who I know why they had to unload, but, you know, it is what it is. Darlington Nagby with Columbus, where he won an MLS Cup. Justin Mira with Real Salt Lake and Charlotte. Yamil Assad, who has not done anything with D.C. Um, I need to think of another player to publish for, for him. Joseph Martinez, who really has not done anything for Miami. I think he's got four goals. Two of them are on penalty kicks. And Brian Vasquez, who's had a great career with Cincinnati. So can you think of any former Atlanta United players who are on other MLS teams that you would include in this list, Colin? I'd love to say that I can, but in honesty, I, that looks like a pretty solid list to me. I don't really have any, like the Assad pick is questionable, but no one is coming to mind as someone who could take his spot. Bit of a cop-out answer, but I don't have much there. No, it's not a cop-out. It's a really, it's a good answer. I'm trying to think of another player who left Atlanta United and stayed within Major League Soccer that a lot of people could vetch about, about destroying a, a good team. Uh, I guess you could throw in Leandro Gonzalez-Perez when he went to Miami uh, for a little while if you wanted to have a back four or if you wanted to put Gallagher back at fullback and then you could have a 4-4-2. You get rid of a side that way because right now, yeah, you could do a 4-4-2 that way. And that way you'd have Campbell, Escobar, Walks, Gallagher, Gressel, Nagby, Miram, we need one more. Martinez and Vasquez. Hmm. I got to think on this one, Christopher. That's a fantastic question. 
You could throw in no, you can't throw in Emerson Hyman. Uh, you could throw in Brooks Lennon from Salt Lake before he went to uh, Atlanta United. If you wanted to do it backwards, Chris McCann went to DC. You could throw him in. Uh, Jake Moraney went to Orlando. You could throw him in. There's guys who had careers before Breck Shea. Well, anyway, that's a fantastic question. All right, we're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer podcast. We won't have one Thursday because usually when the team has a midweek game, we do a review preview for the following game. So we'll have one on Friday wrapping up NYCFC and then previewing Red Bulls at Harrison, New Jersey. I will be there at that game flying to beautiful Newark Saturday morning to cover the game. Daniel, if he's eluded Interpol again, will be your producer on Friday. And then we'll do a post-game Red Bulls podcast Sunday morning. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I hope that you'll rate us wherever you rate and get your podcasts. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and follow Colin Beasley at Colin underscore Beasley, B-E-A-Z-L-E-Y. So that's C-O-L-I-N underscore B-E-A-Z-L-E-Y. He's our intern. He's a journalist with a bright, bright future. Follow him now so you could say you knew him when. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.